This is the Greg Scheinman Podcast. The Greg Scheinman Podcast. Brought to you by Inns Group Insurance. Inns Group is ensuring success. From the Gal Media Studios, here's Greg Scheinman. All right, welcome to the Midlife Mail Podcast. It is me, Greg Scheinman. I am super, super excited for this show today as, as my guest is somebody I've wanted to, to speak to and kind of get to know for a while now. I have been following him on Instagram and social media, big fan of, of his blog and books, The Simple Man Guide. He's got a fitness studio in New York called Throwback Fit. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, just a guy I'm inspired by, motivated by, and, and, and super interested in, in hearing more about on some topics such as health and fitness and balance, simplicity, minimalism, and, and I'm sure we'll get into some, some other topics as, as well. So on the show today is Brian Gallagher. He is the co-founder of Throwback Fitness. It's a group exercise concept which is focused on fun, which with me resonates uh, tr- tremendously. If it's not fun, then, then I'm done. So by harnessing the uh, power of play, Throwback Disguises Workouts is a recess-style game offering interactive, engaging, and welcoming fitness experiences for all. Definitely check it out in the New York area. He is also, as I said, the creator of the, of the Simple Man Guide, which is a platform dedicated to simplifying all of life's complexities, starting with health. I could certainly learn a lot and talk about that all day. He's a former corporate American obsessed with self-improvement, challenging conventions, ice cream, and finding new ways to help himself (laughs) and others regain control of one of uh, life's most treasured assets, which is time. So welcome to the show, Brian Gallagher. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Quite an intro. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm happy to be doing this. And, uh, Excited to chat with you. Cool. So, hey, the first thing I wanted to start with was, one, how how did you get into the corporate world and and your start there, but also, more importantly, the how and the why you you got out? Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. So... I got into the corporate world um, just because I, you were you're strongly funneled that way when you when you're and this starts back in high school, right? It was all I heard from everybody was get good grades in high school, go to college, get a career, and kind of stay there. You know, find a career that make that pays well, and then just kind of stay there until you're in your sixties, retire, and that's kind of how everyone lived their lives, or everyone before us has lived their lives. And I went on that path kind of blindly. I didn't do much um, research about what I wanted to do. I had no idea how to look out 20, 30 years into my life. Uh, my dad had suggested majoring in finance. Uh, so I did, and I was at Penn State. And everybody, when they're in finance, is seeking the investment banking jobs. I kind of wanted to go that route. Uh, I didn't land an investment banking job right out of college, but I ended up going into accounting for Johnson & Johnson. Um, I worked two years there, uh, didn't like it, knew pretty early on that it just wasn't for me. Um, I had a friend that was working at an investment bank in New York. He suggested I interview with this one firm that was looking for entry-level people. Um, I interviewed, got the job, and within about a 10-day span, I was leaving Johnson & Johnson, leaving Philadelphia, moving to New York, and starting this new investment banking job, uh, which I ended up working in for about nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I, I liked it. I learned a lot. The, it was fast paced. Um, I worked a lot of hours. It, it paid very well. It was, a, it was a great kind of launching point for a career for, for anybody. I mean, it's just an all around, um, the skill set that you learn in that kind of job is, is very well rounded communication skills, analytical skills, communicate or uh, talking to people and just kind of relating to others, sales skills, um, even like technical excel and all that kind of stuff i mean you learn a lot and you're working a lot of hours so you learn it all pretty fast um but after a while um after i had gotten out of debt and i was able to kind of provide myself with a nice savings cushion um i grew tired of trading all of my time for money so while it was nice to get um nice bonus checks at the end of the year it was like man i'm literally sitting at this desk 12 hours a day, um, and it's not kind of exciting me. It's just something had to change. And uh, I always had a passion in fitness, and it was a lunch discussion with my co-founder, Ryan, 
that we had in the summer in Rock Center at a place called Rink Bar. Uh, it's the Rockefeller Center Rink. Yep. They make it into a, uh, a bar and restaurant in the, in the summertime when you can't ice skate. And we had a lunch there. And he's like, hey, I got an idea for this rowing base fitness studio. Do you want to work on it with me? And I said, absolutely. So that's how we kind of got the wheels in motion for throwback fitness. And that kind of set me on the road to finally leave corporate America, although I didn't actually leave for another, probably another year or so. But that kind of got me in that mindset that I needed to to get out and do something that I wanted to do. I was looking at the guys. I was about 30 at the time, 31 at the time. And I was looking at guys that were 10 to 12 years ahead of me and thinking to myself that that's just not what I wanted to do. I, it, was, it, it, would, it worked well for a lot of people. It just necessarily wasn't what I wanted to do. So I had to kind of start to think of a path out. Um, and that's how we got started. Uh, that's how I got into corporate America um, and got out with the starting of Throwback. Um, so what we did once we got started was we created a business plan. Just like any good, any good young banker would do, we went right into PowerPoint and started putting everything we could find about fitness and, and, and um, capital and people that were interested in that space. And we talked to everybody that we could. Um, and we spent about six months kind of what I, what I would say just fiddling around with PowerPoint, talking to everybody that we could, trying to perfect our business plan. Um, but it wasn't until we decided to like, we were just like, hey, we should stop doing this and just buy some equipment teach some classes. We have no idea what we're doing. We weren't fitness guys by trade. We just knew we had a concept that we thought could work. So we bought a bunch of equipment. We rented some space and we were off and running. And that I would say, and I still say is probably the best move we made mm-hmm. because we went from planning to doing and the feedback loop there increased so much. We learned so much in such a short amount of time. Um, funny, the funniest thing about it that I can remember was we chose the name throwback because it had the word row in it. Uh-huh. Um, and we, and we wanted it to be a rowing studio, but when we started doing the research and the, and the, and the classes and had people respond to our surveys, we found that people weren't interested in doing rowing for a long, the long amount of time that we had initially thought that we wanted to do the rowing for. So yeah, we, we could like, have a very long conversation about yeah, this, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about that as I'm saying it. I'm like, Greg has a rowing studio. He gets it. <laughs> so we were like, oh, shit, what are we going to do with this name? Um, and there was, a, there was a weekend where Ryan was running classes, and he had the brilliant idea to kind of make a game out of the class. So he made a kind of a makeshift basketball game where we had some tennis balls lying around the space we were making and he had a couple garbage cans and he turned it into a basketball game. So he's like, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to split the class into two teams. You're going to see which team can score the most amount of points in seven minutes. But in order to earn the right to take a shot, you have to complete a cir- this circuit of exercises first. And we noticed that the class turned into turned from having four or five rows of people working out in a very solo manner to like a very um, interactive and engaging, uh, high-fiving type atmosphere where people were cheering other people on, and we're like, oh, I think that's our different thing that we can use now. And luckily enough, we could we were able to adapt and use the word throwback as a throwback to your high school and middle school gym class recess days. Um, so that's kind of how our concept um, changed as we went through um, and actually started doing as opposed to just writing stuff down in PowerPoint and talking to people. So that was probably one of the best moves that we could have made um, early on. And one of the pieces of advice that I give to people who ask me, like, hey, I have this idea. I'm like, start doing it. Just start doing it in the smallest way possible. And the stuff that you will learn from doing as opposed to planning and talking is is incredible. Yeah, I, I love that uh, tremendously. You know, the, the idea to execution. And, and so often people just get hung up on you know, the plan or the, it's got to look perfect and it's got to be written yeah. perfect and it's got to, we got to have it all laid out. And, and I'll say from, you know, successes and, and, and failures that first of all, it never goes the way you write it out, you know, right. <laughs> it, in there right. too. Um, so, but you, you're absolutely right. Just get out there and start doing it and, and don't be afraid to pivot or evolve, you know, and, and to listen you know, on all that. Yeah. Um, so, so super, Super good advice. I want to ask you a little bit about 
you know, the trade off. You talked about going into investment banking, being there for about nine years, and, you know, it's kind of, it sounds like, you know, 20s, 20s to 30s, a little bit, you know, in yeah, there. Yeah. And, the, and the trade off of, and, the, and maybe the strategy for you too of, you're there, you're putting in the time, you're kind of sensing maybe it's not what you really, you know, want to do, or, or the passion isn't really there in the 12 hours at the, at the desk. But the strategy behind, setting yourself up or, or and the maturity i guess that it takes at that stage too to say okay maybe how much money is enough or savings or get out of debt or what kind of strategy and mindset did you have to say okay i'm, I'm kind of setting this course for myself um yeah. to to get out of this or, or take this plunge because i think that's something a lot of a lot of people really really struggle with which is it's not the right time or maybe i don't have you know, the financial cushion or the strategy, or do I need to get out or even can I adapt the lifestyle that I have even within this environment, you know, but just to create a way to be, to be happier at the same time also. So what I, what I started to do, um, tracking expenses, every dollar I spent really helped because that helped me understand what my true financial needs were on a monthly basis. So once I started to do that, it became pretty clear. A lot of things became clear. How much I needed to actually live, how much I needed to live, not how much I wanted to live or how much I had to live and I could do. It was like, if things really got tough, what could I boil this budget down to? It's bare bones. And how much time could I survive with the money I had saved? I, so I was, I was not a very um, big spend spend guy like i didn't buy a lot of things like i would get paid um we would it's if anyone that's in finance knows half, half of your compensation comes at year end um in the form of a bonus and every time i got that i would buy myself one thing nice like maybe a nice watch or a nice suit um i would give my parents some money a nice gift to my parents and then the rest i would just i would throw in the bank um and i wouldn't really i wouldn't really think about spending it um on things that i knew would make me happy for a little bit. Like I wasn't interested in buying like a nice car, which was one of the things that I always dreamt of doing when I was in college. Um, I didn't buy a house or apartment. I mean, I'm in New York, so it didn't make sense to, I would, there's no houses to buy, but the apartment math I did for myself and it just didn't make sense for me. After I had gotten out of debt, uh, my school loans, I was very happy to not go back into debt. So Buying an apartment for me right off the bat was like, man, if I do this, I'm locking myself into this job because I have to pay this mortgage. So mm-hmm. that right off the bat didn't work for me. Um, but tracking everything that I did spend really opened my eyes up to say like, wow, this is, I, could, I could survive on a lot less than I'm surviving now. And that kind of set me on that path where I became very focused on, hey, I'm not going to go out and buy all this stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay very simplistic, very minimal in, in my needs. And make sure that if I need six months of savings or I need a year of savings, I'm going to work towards that goal and know that everything that I'm not spending, I'm thinking of in terms of time. So every couple thousand or a few thousand dollars, I'm like, that's another month that I don't have to work and that I could be out taking a risk on a business that I want to try. Mm-hmm. And the, the main thing that, as I was thinking about when I was getting ready to leave. And I had gotten let go from my job, by the way, which the timing could not have been better. Um, I got let go about a week before I was going to quit. So I got severance when I left, which was fantastic. Um, but that had already kind of allowed me to realize that I could, I could take this risk and be okay financially if things didn't work out. And the biggest fear that I had when I was ready to take this risk was not taking it, not starting the business that I had worked hard to create, um, and looking back at 40, 45 and thinking, like, why didn't I do that when I had the chance? Mm-hmm. So my biggest fear when doing that was not what was going to go wrong with the business. It was regret. I didn't want to look back and think, what if? So that helped me kind of make the leap and and leave the leave the corporate world and stay out. Like, I got let go, but I didn't go quickly search for another corporate job. I was like, okay, this is a sign that it's time for me to go try this. And, uh, and it was, and, and we did that. We were off and running at that point. That's, that's awesome. So the transition time from leaving, leaving that corporate job and 
getting throwback uh, kind of up, up and running. How much yep. time did that take? There was overlap. So we were running classes. Um, we were running our free kind of beta testing classes as we were still working. Now, Ryan, Ryan stayed in his job a year longer than I did. Uh, we didn't need two people full time at first. Um, so the timing was pretty significant. We had signed a lease for our studio February 14th. They were going to build it out for us, and we were going to be ready to go on April 1st. So we only had about six weeks from lease signing to open the doors. The lease is ours. The building is our responsibility now, so we got to start paying, so we have to run the business. Yep. I got let go on February 20th. I had planned to quit March 3rd, so we, that was going to leave us the month of March to get the business running. We had already been running classes for about six to eight months at this time, so there was huge overlap. And that's another thing that I, that I when I'm asked this question, I tell people, too, is like, it wasn't like I just quit with nothing, um, although that's not always a bad move. I did have a plan, and I did know what we were doing, and that's part of the things that I try to, that I try to tell other people, too. Like, if you have an idea, you don't have to jump from your job right away. Start working on the idea while you're at your job. You have time at night. You can get up in the morning before you go to work um, and spend a couple hours a day doing something that um, can help you get out of that desk job if that is your goal. There are yeah. hours to find in a day, and if you if it's something you really want to do, you will find the hours. You will definitely find the hours. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that because I think one of the the best times to actually explore something else or even put some energy into something else and find out if you really want to do it is when you've got something going on. You know already. Yeah. You know too in yeah. there. Um, and I, and I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe did a. Do you think that the fact that you were kind of kind of had your head maybe a little bit in a different place did did that kind of aid a little bit towards you know maybe you being let go versus you be jumping ship kind of totally on on your own? One hundred percent. I mean, when they were letting me go, they they. I mean, they had my my company had already known had already knew I had started a business. So I, I remember, in fact. My uh, one of my bosses came to me and she's like, "Hey, we need to talk because uh, they check your emails in finance. It's very strict. I mean, yeah. They can read all of your emails, <laughs> so they knew everything I was doing. So they came to me and she's like, I need to talk to you.' And she's like, you're st- I see you're starting a business.' I was like, uh, I, I am.' <laughs> and she's like, does it, co- "'Does it compete with the firm?' I was like, "'Oh, God, no, 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 no.' She's like, oh, "'Okay, that's all I need to know.' But they knew, um, so... I was already, yes, I was already going there, and they had, they knew I was starting this, um, and I think that had something to do, because one of the things that they said to me when uh, when they were telling me that this was kind of the end of the road for me at the firm was like, we know your heart's not in this anymore. So that was kind of telling, um, and they were like, hey, we want you to go find out what it is you want to do. I didn't know if they knew how imminent it was. Mm-hmm. Um but I, but I did already have a plan in place, and I was spending a significant amount of time, and I think that did have some bearing. But it, it all, it all worked out, right? It all, it all ended up um, for the better, I'm sure, for for the firm too, because um, at that level that I was at, I'm an expensive resource. I'm not a revenue generator yet for the firm, so I'm a, I'm an expense, and it helped them out. We were a small firm; we only had about 25 people at the time I was let go. Um, and it was beneficial for me, even though I was going to leave, that finally gave me the push and it cut my safety net. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like, it was like, Hey, you're, this is it. You're out. So you got to go figure this out on your own. I was like, okay, this, this is the time. And that's, that's kind of how it played out. But yeah, I definitely think that me working on that on the side, uh, had a little bit to do with me being let go. So it's, so it's two things out there also for, for people that are listening. And, and as I hear you say, I think there's something that's absolutely great about following kind of your, your, your vision and what you want to do, taking the time, putting it in motion, and then kind of setting that path to, to step out and go ahead and, and do it on your own. And, and I completely support all of that, whether, you know, you jumped first or they kind of gave you a little nudge and either yeah. way, either way, yeah. it, either way, it, it completely, completely works out in a, the, yep. a little bit of, of the other side that I just want to want to touch on is you know for my for myself because i see a lot of parallels and i read some stuff that you'd, you'd put out there and you were and you'd written something to the effect that you know 
you had felt like you'd been living two lives. You know, the careers require yeah. different skill sets, different vocabulary, different clothes. And I'm sitting there reading this. I'm going, holy fuck. Like that, that's like, that was like me, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. and, and it, to a certain extent, it kind of was like, I am at a corporate environment in, at Inns Group, my, my insurance and risk management firm. And it is 115 yep. people. And I'm pretty sure my partners sleep in a suit and then they wake up, you know, and, and, and do yeah. that. And, it's an ama- it's an amazing business in a lot of regards, but it is you know very professional services and and very corporate. Um, and and I struggled with that early on, joining the firm from a very entrepreneurial background, never having worked for anybody before in there, and struggled with kind of finding myself within the firm. And it's why I kind of touched a little bit on you know sometimes people jump and they move on and and, and follow their passion, or other times you can you can create the environment that you want to create even where where you are. You know maybe it's solvable right. sometimes too. Um, you know and and. For me, which is one of the reasons I get so excited on Fridays to also to talk to guys like you, is I took a look at the business and what I loved about the business and the idea of growing it and the fact that everybody needs what we have and what we offer and said, well, what do I love? I love to eat. I like to drink. I like to go out. I like to work out. You know, why don't I work and insure and work with those types of entrepreneurs, you know? And we're talking yeah. restaurants and bars and hotels and fitness studios and, and all of a sudden, like the monotony of the day or the idea of working in this corporate environment, it completely changed for me. Say, okay, yeah. don't conform. Don't try to do it that way. Don't try to be something you're, you're not. But let's go build this whole food, beverage, hospitality, fitness practice, you know, so you can yeah. look the way you want to look. You know, you can dress the way you want to dress. You can work the schedule you want to. You can meet yeah. clients and prospects for workouts instead of, you know, at a bar or at a golf course, you know, other places yeah. in there too. Um, so I, I try to talk to a lot of people about that too, saying, okay, maybe certain things aren't totally as broken as you think, but maybe you can pivot or restructure them in a way. But if you can't, yeah. you know, certainly take, take that leap because I agree with you 100% that what you don't want is regret, you know? in there yeah and that was my biggest fear yeah and and for me it was a little bit too saying okay if i'm going to be here and i'm going to do this then i have to find a space for myself within the whole environment to create the environment that's really going to work so i can see myself being here for the long haul like being being proud to be a partner being a shareholder and i completely respect everything that my partners in the firm does and i hope they do for me too i'm just going to do it a little bit differently you know, over yeah. here. And that's awesome. And it created a completely different revenue stream also and completely different opportunity and took probably a couple of years for us to to kind of get on the same page, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I had a sa- similar conversation that you had with them one day where they said, you know, hey, you're doing this row thing, you know, like where's your focus? You know, like is your yeah. heart really into this? Yeah. And, and the conversation went back to that, that, you know, one thing can help another. Like ironically, right. our clients at Row, um, are some of my best clients and or prospects, you know, for my insurance practice too. Wow, it's just, it's just, I'm just saying it's just where I spend my, it's just hanging around more like-minded people, you know, I think. Yeah. And, and like-minded people that have a passion and interest in the same types of things, you get time in front of them, spend quality time with them, and it leads to other opportunities. And, you, and maybe you see that in Throwback too. I'm sure the kind of person that enjoys what you do at Throwback is probably into, into some pretty cool shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great point. That is a very good point, and, and it's, I'm, I'm happy that has worked out for you. That's that's a that's also a good way to look at it. If you can kind of combine your best two, your your best two strengths or passions or loves, you know, that's I, I one of the guys that I that I, I follow and I read a lot, James Altucher. Mm-hmm. If you can think of two things that you love and kind of combine them, you're the expert in that space. You know, there's two unique things that you are good at. Maybe. No one else has thought to put them together, and uh, that's 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 pretty great that you that yeah. you look, have been able to do that. Look, somebody's got to specialize in every, you know, like somebody specializing in whatever it is, you know, just figure yeah, it out. Right? And if enough people need it, it's probably going to work out pretty pretty well. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, what's a typical day for you now? So now, so we are, so we were we were running a studio. We had our own studio, um, and we we left that. Uh, less than a little less than a year ago, coming up on a year now, um, we had some lease difficulties. Um, we were deciding whether or not to stay in the studio. Um, the lease difficulties kind of made the decision easy for us. Um, and without getting into too much detail, 
the lease that we had signed for our studio was a personal guarantee. So if the business had went under, my partner and I were personally responsible personally responsible for the rent. Yep, and I, I know landlord, that drill too. <laughs> yeah, so we we that's what we had a personal guarantee when the lease expired. Um, he had found a tenant that was willing to sign a five-year lease. Um, we had just come off a three-year. We did not want to sign another five-year personally guaranteed lease. Um, so we decided to leave. We had already had an idea for um, the next evolution of Throwback, which we're getting into now uh, and which we've been working on for the past couple months. So we are slowly or, or we have been slowly working on changing Throwback from a class-based concept, uh, meaning running a studio, to now a certification platform. So we mm-hmm. are going to be certifying trainers to teach our content at existing facilities. Um, and that's what we're kind of focused on now. So uh, day-to-day used to be running five, six classes a day. Now it's down to about one or two a day, and that will go to zero uh, in, the, in the near term. Um, my duties now will require me to uh, make calls and find people that want to be certified in our concept and then get that into uh, those facilities by providing them with the certification through Throwback and then providing class content for them to teach. So we've been creating programming for Throwback for the past four years, and now we're just going to continue to do that but allow other trainers to teach that. So mm-hmm. my duties have shifted uh, from a mainly full-time instructor doing probably 20 classes a week and and shouldering the responsibilities of running the business and running a studio to now being a, um, a trainer of trainers to mm-hmm. start to teach our stuff and then as a as a sales and marketing guy to kind of spread the word outside of New York City about our concept so day to day for me now is if I run you through like what a typical day looks like I'm usually awake by about 6 a.m. Um, I like to get up. I like to read a little bit in the morning. I like to usually work out in the morning. Um, but lately I've been discovering that I'm a little more, um, I'm a little more into it later in the afternoon. So if I work out at two or three, I feel that my performance is a little better. I'm mentally more, uh, able to get into the workout and kind of zone out on everything else. Um, but usually my days are spent making phone calls, sending out emails, kind of as, as you would expect from a from a regular kind of salesman. Um, I usually try to wrap up my days around 4 o'clock. Uh, I'm eating dinner by 6, 7 o'clock, and I try to get to bed by 10, 10.30 at the latest. Um, I like to get a good amount of sleep if I can. Uh, but, yeah, my day-to-day is now just generally I'm a salesman now trying to get this platform out, trying to get the word out to this. And we think we have uh, something that is a lot of fun and that we can get into other studios and, and help them build community within their studio because of the engaging and interactive and fun nature of our workouts. I mean, if you're in a group fitness studio in a spinning class with 40 or 50 people, you're in that class, but you are, um, you're not really interacting with anybody. Mm-hmm. We are, we're kind of changing that. We want everyone to interact within the classes and we know that things are going towards streaming and that sort of stuff now, but we are, and and we are holding firm on keeping that community and that engagement and that interaction within our classes uh, and within our participants. So I'm spending my days kind of spreading that gospel and that's what we fully believe in. Um, We want to have people, working on relationships and, and meeting other people and interacting with other people, just like you mentioned earlier, the more that you're surrounded by like-minded people, and we think this is something that can help do that. So my days are spent. My main priority now is to is to uh, spread the word and, and get this out there. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, a, great, it's a great play in that yeah, I know there's success in, in the streaming you know, areas, and I know the people with the you know, the Peloton bikes, you know, or the, the at-home yep. stuff or everything. And and I know it's, you know, to a certain extent, successful. Not that I know all the economics behind, you know, all of, all of this stuff. But but I'm a big proponent of the community environment and, and the interaction, you know, that we're, we're, I think we're just already doing too much either alone or in front of a screen yeah. or, or everywhere else. And that the kind of interaction and camaraderie that can be built um, – you know, and I go back to even the kind of the early days of CrossFit, which is almost where I, you know, kind of where I think I really found myself in fitness was the yep. enjoyment of just being part of that community. Um, 
and, and throwing down in, in that kind of environment while my, my fitness routine, you know, or, or what I like to do, uh, diversity wise, longevity wise, sustainability wise has shifted, you know, over the years. One thing that's remained consistent is I just enjoy it more in a group. You know, over I just yeah. enjoy it more with, with other people. And if you ask me to either watch a screen or even just walk into a, a gym by myself, you know, yeah. with, and look at a bunch of equipment, it just it just doesn't work for me. It's not the same yeah. kind of kind of rush. So I do I do really like that play. I'm I'm gonna ask you uh, the about the question about you know one of the reasons you know you go into fitness is the passion for for fitness and health and fitness. Um, and what I found also is that fitness is a business. Like when you get into it from a business standpoint, it is a business, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the fun of getting, you know, I was in, working out with people is a lot more, is a lot more fun than like running a gym, you know? Like, yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's, of course, <laughs> of course. And, and now yeah. as you're kind of getting into this training of trainers, you know, and putting it out there, has that been kind of an, an a little bit of an internal thing, or how have you kind of come to grips with like you're not going to be probably as in front of as many, you know, obviously in front of the clients or the people and and, and the things? How are you seeing it differently a little bit? Uh, I think about this all the time. And my as I think about how my interaction with people changed over the past five years, starting from my desk job where I'd interact with the same kind of ten to twelve people on a daily basis to fast forward a year. Like to when we first opened the studio the first year or two, I was interacting and teaching upwards of, I don't know, 75 to 100 people a day. Um, there's a lot of interaction there. There's a lot of new people that you meet. There's a lot of opportunities to kind of engage with people and bring people into your your studio and your world. Um, and that's going to go away soon. Uh, I know I'm, I'm still, I still have the interaction, whereas I'm, I'm calling and emailing people. But in terms of... Uh, that human interaction face to face, I'm 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 going to lose a little bit of that, and yeah, kind of makes me a little sad. You know, I, I like that was one of the best parts of my day, and um, going into that studio, knowing that I was going to be interacting with a bunch of people and I was going to be doing something that I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, picked me up from any down that I was feeling. I mean, running a business is littered with ups and downs. You investment banking and, and corporate life was, was very steady um, emotionally. I mean, it was stressful, but not in the same way that kind of running a business is. Like some things will go well. Some days you're on the highest of highs and other days you'll have three or four things that go wrong within the week. And you're like, Oh man, what, what am I doing? It's just very up and down. And you kind of get used to that after a while. Uh, but no matter what kind of down I was having with the business, like in the background, uh, once I get into the class and started teaching, it, it kind of all went away. And I still, to this day, I've taught 5,000 classes. I don't know how many I've taught over the past few years, but I still have that little bit of nervousness before I teach, you know, like mm-hmm. you haven't really, something could go wrong, but I feel like, I mean, I'm so prepared now. I can pretty much deal with anything that has come up um, or anything that will be, it will pop up, you know, and, and uh, but I still get that little bit of nervousness until you get going. Uh, usually after the first three or four minutes, uh, kind of goes away. But uh, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little sad that that'll be going away. So I'll have to try to work in finding ways to bring that back. Whether that's joining a studio or a gym that has the classes still, or just going to classes on my own as much as I can, I'll, I'll keep up with that uh, just to keep that interaction going because it is something that does really keep me going. And I've put a lot of thought in this lately because I was trying to figure out if I was. Am I an introvert or an extrovert? I just I, I can't settle on one or the other, and I'm sure there is probably tons of people that will consider themselves a healthy mix of both. Um, because as much as I like the human interaction and the group interaction, um, I do like that alone time where I can kind of just unplug and relax and kind of sink into my thoughts and um, do some journaling, that kind of stuff. I, I do enjoy that time as well. I think it's it's a trait of of a lot of entrepreneurs too, and and as you're talking again, it's something I can completely relate to. You know, look, I'm I'm in sales all day, every day. You know, I I got to eat what I kill. You know, if I want if I want business, I got to go after it. You know, I got to yeah. keep my in in there. So 
it's also it's very it's draining a lot too because you just have to be on all the time. You got to be on. You got to be on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to you got to be on just like coaching a class. You know, again, whether yeah. it's row, throwback. You know, it doesn't matter what your widget is. You know, if you're you're out there, you know, you've got to be on. You know, uh, but you got to be prepared and you got to be on. And then you know, I tell my wife, you know, come Friday, you know, end of the day on on Friday, I usually record these shows on Friday. It's like a great part of my week that I look look forward to. And then I get home and I tell my wife, like, I, I'm kind of done, you know, like, I, like <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm, ta- I'm talked out, I'm tired. We typically don't make a whole lot of other plans, otherwise that that aren't related specifically, you know, to the kids um, on on their kind of stuff because. That kind of what is it extroverted introvert kind you know and I read yeah. on it you know really it's like okay describes me a little bit to the T like I kind of don't really want to talk to that many people I kind of want to like put on my headphones and like get my you know my my Headspace app going you know and and breathe yeah. you know and meditate and do some do some stuff and there's and there's a lot of time and there's a lot of need you know for that too um, but then I'll flick the switch some of the other ways and say. You know, I want to bounce all over town and try, you know, a bunch of different classes from a bunch of different coaches and see what's out there. Um, but it, so it's, I, I do agree. I agree. I think, I think you can be both, you know, I think, you can be both. I think yeah. you can be both. And I think a lot of times people try to figure out maybe who they are or what they should be instead of embracing a little bit more of, you don't have to be any one thing, but let's think about the big picture and let's think about balance, you know? Like yeah, yeah. you may be an extrovert, you know, 30% of the time and that works for your yeah. career, your business, you know? And and the other times, you know, you're home and you're reading and you're journaling. I think that's all, I think that's okay, you know, that we've yeah. got to stop trying to, you know, either pigeonhole people or people need to kind of chill out a little bit on pigeonholing themselves or thinking the they self, have, to be, right. have to be one thing in there too. Yeah. So I kind of just, Go with what I'm feeling at that time. If I if there's if I have plans, but I'm not really feeling being in a group setting, then I then I don't go. I, I, I'll stay home and I'll I like <laughs> so so I mentioned in my in my bio that uh, I'm obsessed with self improvement. One of the things I mentioned was ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go get some ice cream and I'll sit at home and just relax. You know, and those days are okay too. I, I don't mean, kind it, of I don't beat myself up about it. <laughs> it it begs it begs the question now what what ice cream okay what what ice cream does the the prototypical fit 40 year old guy eat Ben and Jerry's okay without so, question so you're just <laughs> off the you're just off the rails completely okay versus like a like a halo top or a or a nada moo and some of that other stuff you know <laughs> I so there's a couple that I've tried I did not I didn't like halo top it just wasn't my thing I know it's 300 less than 300 calories Versus the Ben and Jerry's twelve hundred calories, um, but if I'm going in, I want to enjoy it. I didn't. I just didn't enjoy Halo Top. Now there's another one that a friend of mine introduced me to called Snow Monkey, which was all I think it was all natural ingredients or all superfood ice cream, and it was really good. Uh, not that many calories. Now that I would eat again, but usually if I'm going all in, uh, I'm going Ben and Jerry's. I have a couple flavors that I kind of zero in on, and I'll go buy a pint and having a nice Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, these types of products and stuff I, I kind of obsess over a little bit too. Typically if I'm if I'm going I'm going I'm going down I'm going for the in. I'm going I'm going all, I'm going all in. But there is a yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's in New York yet, but I think it will cuz they just I think they just took in a bunch of money. There is a co- product called Nada Moo, as in like no cow, like no dairy. It's a coconut oh, okay. coconut okay. Uh, milk ice cream that was out of Austin and I've been Tracking them and eating them for for a while, for a while, and oh, it's and it's good. So it's it's, da- it's it's damn good. It's it's damn good if you don't want to go go all all in. Uh, so definitely definitely plug them and I'll like the, and like those <laughs> those guys. Hey, I, w- I want to shift gears a little bit. and I want to talk about sure. the, the simple man guide in there. Sure. How what that means and kind of how that concept came came to be and kind of the parallel of of what you do with with simple man guide and your identity with with kind of your evolution from career change, you know, and, and lifestyle. So that started, um, so being in, being in health and wellness and fitness, whatever you want to call the industry that we're, that we're in, um, there's so many different terms for it. Um, I had friends that asked me like, Hey, how do you, what do you eat? What, what are your workouts like? Cause you know, I mean, as you get to our age and you get near your mid thirties, 
early 40s, mid 40s, like you, you can slowly start to accumulate weight if you're not careful. I mean, I've had some people I know that you, you, you gain two or three pounds a year and then 10 years later, you're 25 pounds heavier and you're like, holy hell, where did this come from? But more importantly, how do I get rid of it? So I had people ask me that and every time they'd ask me, I'd kind of pull some together some things that I read and I would send them some uh, some kind of simple diet adjustments they can make, some workouts they can do. And I done I did it enough times where I was just kind of grabbing different things I had that I was like, you know what, I'm just going to write what I would do and just write this all in a book that if people want it, if people ask me, I can send it to them. I have one source that I can just email to them. So I, I wrote it. I took this, it took me like a couple months to put together and, and um, I wrote it all out and I was thinking that, and I could probably try it. Maybe I could try to, to share this with others in, in a in a saleable format. So I needed somewhere to, to kind of park it. So I built a website on WordPress. Um, and when I was on the like on the website, I'm like, man, I should probably start. I can start writing some stuff here. I have a lot of things that I've written already, and I've kind of had some things I wanted to share just based on th- people asking me about, hey, what did? How did you get started doing this? How did you find the 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 kind of courage to leave your job and to start something different. So that was kind of how it all started, like from writing that book for friends and others to kind of needing to put it in one spot. Um, that's how the website came about. But I just looked at it as like, look, you don't really, if you're in this kind of um, funk, a lot of the times health can lead to that and getting in a good spot physically can put you in a great spot mentally and emotionally and and the opposite is true too if you're in a bad spot physically that can have the ability to kind of permeate all aspects of your life so i really think that this, and a lot of people think the same thing it's like i came up with this groundbreaking concept but start focusing on your on your health um is gonna help you build the confidence to do so many other things so i was like i think i can help people get to that spot physically. So once I wrote the book um, and put the website together, it just gave me kind of a platform to share some other things that I truly believe in. Um, and that is the, the concept of like simplicity and minimalism, like making things as simple and as easy and as non-complex as possible. And there, um, and one of those things was how you spend your time. And a lot of people, I mean, most people that you talk to, aren't necessarily happy in their job. Maybe they don't hate their jobs, but they don't, not everyone is excited to get up in the morning and go to their job. And I was like, well, there's, there's different ways to think about that. You don't, you probably don't need as much money as you think you need because you don't need to buy as many things as you were buying. It's just one of those aspects of it that, uh, that can kind of simple tend to simplify parts of your life. And I thought that if you're Simplifying one aspect and, and, and not needing that job, there's a lot of other things that can come out of that in terms of creativity and things that you want to do that you may not have felt you had the time for. So it's like kind of like has grown from health to managing other parts of your life to kind of help you get some of your time back. Um, and it's still things I'm working on kind of expanding uh, within that platform, but I needed mm-hmm. to do something to kind of, I needed to start, needed to take steps to get started and and that's one of the other things that like has helped me come up with new ideas. A lot of the ideas that I come up with for that come about when I am writing. So it's a lot harder to sit and think like, all right, I want to think of a way to do this. A lot easier way for me was to just start writing about it. And like ideas tend to come out when you're in motion. You know? yeah. So writing has been a nice kind of creative platform for me too, in terms of thinking of other things that I want to do and, and, and other ways that I kind of want to um, treat certain parts of my life. Um, so that's, that's kind of how it came about. And there's still things that I want to do with it. And, um, it's been a focus of mine, but I am, I am more focused now on, on throwback and this new kind of evolution that we've taken with that business. So, um, as much as I love doing simple man guy stuff and I post workouts pretty much every day, um, I try to stay to specific guidelines there, like using only one piece of equipment, um, I want people to feel like they can do this stuff without going to a gym. I mean, I have mm-hmm. access to the best classes and gyms in the world here in New York City, but if you're in a state that's in the middle of the country, you may not have access to this, you still have a strong need to work out. So I, I was trying to think of a way to kind of help others that may not have access to this. And I literally post probably 
a different workout that you can do. I, I'm pretty, I'm almost every day, um, but I do take some rest days in there. I probably work out four or five days a week, mm-hmm. um, but there are days where I won't post. But that was kind of the, the genesis of it, just helping people get control of like their health and wellness. And I feel like there's a lot of things that are kind of simple steps that people can take to change um, to change their 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 physical being and. Uh, I wanted to kind of help people realize that and kind of inspire others to do that stuff. Yeah, I think people. I think you're right again. People, you know, tend to complicate it, or they or they think that first step has to be, you know, a giant leap. You know, from from, you know, nothing to something. You know, you can't go from nothing to like physically fit over overnight. You know, but no, and but it doesn't have to be that complicated. And the things that do tend seem to work are the ones that are simple and they're functional and they are and they're effective you know in there and there's certainly a lot to be said for the cool classes you know and the super sound systems and light lighting and and music and everything else that you certainly get in in new york you know more than more than anywhere you know on that yeah but there's also just a lot to be said for just take a walk, you know, or just go to the yeah. park. Just go to the park on the corner, you know. And there's something you can grab and do a pull up off of, you know. There's something yeah. you can you can lean against, you know, and do a push up off of. Or there's something you can dip off of. Or and if you don't, if you can't squat right now, just bend a little bit, you know. I mean, yeah. And put things put things in motion that that start improving your overall improving your overall quality of of life in that area. And, and things that I was kind of one of the things I was focused on, but a, and you probably get the same thing in running a studio. A lot of people will tend to ask you, like, "Hey, what workout should I do? I want to lose some weight in my midsection." It's like I always like to ask them, "Well, what is, what's your eating habits look like?" You know, because there's a lot of things that you said grab a pull up bar. There's a lot of things that people could not grab in terms of diet that would make drastic changes in the way they feel and look. And one of the main components of what I wrote in that book was. Hey, one of my main things that I try to focus on, again, I joke about ice cream, but I, I love ice cream, but 85% of the time I'm eating foods that contain only one ingredient. Very yep. simple kind of concept that will help a lot of people in a huge way. Um, the foods that you should be eating most of the time should not have ingredient labels on them, right? Fruits, vegetables, eggs, meats, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, but that's one thing that kind of I don't know if people – people realize or it's a hard one i can understand it it's very difficult to do like try to try to give up sugar for a couple weeks it is literally everywhere it's very hard to do yep um but just kind of putting that out there and 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 showing people how you do it and hoping to be an inspiration or like maybe it's something where and i have people like this too that i'll think of them when i'm going to eat something crappy (laughs) i shouldn't be eating it's like I read this, and this guy says you shouldn't do this. I'm like, all right, put this down. It's really kind of trying to figure out your your willpower and your and your mental capacity to say no to certain things. But uh, giving people um, ideas and thoughts about what those things are and the things that you should focus on eating, I think and I hope is is helpful. Well, I think it's the value of it's the value of information, and I think there's a lot of mis misconceptions or, or misperceptions out there about what it actually takes to be to be healthy and and I think you keep circling back to what what comes down to a lot about balance you know also and you touched on it even with with your own you know routine now about how many days you work out about you know how much time you spend or, or how much of your diet is is leaning towards good and clean if you will but the also yeah. the allowance of you know having that cheat time and everything and and I do get asked a lot or I think the perception you must work out 2 hours a day you know or you have you know, or how do you post all these freaking pictures of cheeseburgers and everything else you know and do it's like okay like First of all, I don't eat that way all the time, okay? Like, right. not much on social media is totally real anyway. So read, right. be- read between the lines, guys. Like, I post a lot of pictures of food. A lot of these are our friends and clients and places. I don't eat every single thing that I, that, that I take a picture of, you know? Or, or yeah. I don't eat all of it. And I'm certainly not eating the, you know, double cheeseburger five days a week. It's, it's a balance. The same yeah. thing with, with the physicality and the workouts. If you're structured and you have a plan and you keep it simple and you're listening to your body, you 
you can accomplish a lot in a very little in a very short period of time you know yeah and and at this point at, at 45 you know i need two to three rest days if you will a week you know right now yeah. that maybe yeah. their active recovery um of just walking taking a bike ride getting in the pool or something else something not purely nothing but i just tend to feel better when i get a little movement in you know every, every day yeah. mentally and physically of course. but i need more rest and recovery time than than i ever have and i and i joke more of my my financial investments on the recovery side of things now than it is on on the fitness side itself right because that's just things change your body your body things changes change. and and you've yeah. got to adapt with it but i think people can make and they can learn a lot from from what you're saying that People can make a lot of progress doing very simple, very basic things, but being yeah. but but being committed and having the discipline to continue to do it uh, over over time is really what's gonna gonna make the change and and get it to be sustainable. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. That's why usually it's usually if you make these changes and you hold to them eighty to eighty five percent of the time, you're gonna be okay. It's if you're eating if you're eating call it, I don't know, three meals a day, seven days a week, it's 21 meals. If, if 18 of those are pretty clean, you're going to be, you're going to be in good shape. Yep. You know, it's, you're going to be okay. You can have a couple and I'll do it. I mean, I'll have, I usually have a cheat meal on Sunday um, where I'll eat, I'll eat whatever I want. If I want to eat pizza, I'll eat pizza. If I want to eat burgers, I'll eat burgers. Like I, I, you do have to allow yourself to do that. Unless you're training for a bodybuilding competition, there's room to cheat, and, and it's. I always tell people that it's it's helpful to kind of get to that spot you want to be because if you put in the work and you get to a maybe it's a weight or a I don't know a body fat or a dress size or a pants size that you want to get to, um, you'll feel a little more comfortable when you kind of veer off that path. You know, I feel like if people are if you're always in that if you're in that constant kind of diet mode, um, there's a lot of stress involved about when you eat something that's bad for you. But I mean, if you maintain yourself at a certain weight, like I use weight, usually I try to stay within like, like a four pound band, you know, mine is 168 to 172. If I'm within that band, I'm okay. If I'm a little over that band, I'll tighten up. I'll eat, I won't eat ice cream that week. <laughs> I'll keep see, all my this meals is, clean. This if I go to 167, device, you better believe I'm going to have a cheesesteak or ice cream to kind of reward myself. <laughs> and then like, I have some leeway there, so uh, there's find what works for you, and then create a plan around that. Yeah, I think this is this is more great advice, and I think that we're around it a lot, and I, and I'm sure you know you've sat down and, and gone out to eat with a bunch of guys, people and and guys, men, women, whatever. And I spend a lot of time around a lot of people in a similar overall lifestyle, and what I can tell anybody out there that's thinking about this is we don't spend a lot of time really overthinking what we eat kind of what we do you know and you know where the scale necessarily is at you know again if you are doing it right and, and, and the perfect is the enemy of good you know we're not striving for perfection just over a long period of time of living a certain lifestyle you're good you know, yeah. you listen to your body, you look a certain way, you feel a certain way. There's some fluctuation in there. There's no beating yourself up over things. But that comes with a long period of time of, of consistency and commitment to a lifestyle over as opposed yeah. to dieting um, or, or looking for perfection or some drastic window that you have to fit, you know, 30 days of fitness in to go make something happen. Like, right. I don't really know anybody in kind of the health and fitness world and i think you hit the nail on the head with but maybe the exclusion of like a competitive bodybuilder who really you know is is living you know is perfect is living perfectly like i don't look across the table from any of these people and go i can't believe that guy just ate bread you know right now like no. like they just do whatever they want basically and yeah. i and i kind of know in the back of my mind maybe now maybe not tomorrow whatever but overall yeah. this picture that's painted is pretty good you can tell you know overall so so follow. pretty good is pretty good is good. I'll take pretty good. You and, and what I usually do, Greg. This is something that has kind of helped me too. Um, I think about how many meals a week, and I, this may change. This probably changes drastically for for many different people. But the number of times I eat by myself during the week, whether it's just on the move or I'm just making breakfast at home or I'm, I'm eating lunch, I, if I keep those meals clean. 
um, the the two or three meals that I'll go out and have with friends, I can I can let loose. I can eat whatever I want. Yep. Um, and and because a lot of times people will say, "Oh, you're a weirdo. You're not eating bread." Well, it's like, well, I don't get that anymore because if I'm going to go out with my friends on a on a Saturday for brunch, I'm going to get I'll get a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich, and I'll eat a ton of bread. And hey, maybe I'll get French toast if I'm feeling it um, without worrying about it. It's I think if people get some a lot of people a lot of people stressed about what they'll eat and feel guilty about what they eat, but those times that I'm by myself, I try to focus on keeping it pretty clean yep. you so control what you can yep. i don't have to worry about it control what you can control the moral people is is keep it in keep it in balance you know keep it in balance you know for me what works i get my meals delivered to my office by a great by a great woman rachel's terrific she puts all my lunches in the refrigerator at the office oh, wow. uh, you know a week ahead of time and and i can eat there and i can control what i can control for exactly the reasons that you mentioned when i go out i don't want to be you know that asshole who's special ordering everything you know <laughs> out there and, and embarrassing yeah. yourself so so we hit that and, and probably beat, beat it to death a little bit i i want to there's one more thing i do want to talk to you about yeah. as we've been rapping for for a while on this but it is simplicity, and it's and it's minimalism, yeah. and and you talked and you and you've written about seeking simplicity in in all aspects of your life. You touched a little bit on money and home and travel and possessions and, and and wardrobe. But what is living simply and and minimalism? What does it mean to you, and what does it look like to you? you know, I'm a guy who likes his clothes, you know. Certainly likes his his sneaker, you know, sneaker shoe collection, you know. And there, yeah. you're out and about with people that look a certain way, or again, even drive a certain car. And I, and I struggle with this a lot personally. Like, do I need any of this stuff? Do I really yeah. give a shit about this stuff, or yeah. like, do I have to do it for something that I'm involved in, or or want, or or whatever it may be, or does it not matter at all? What is the what does it mean to, to simplify for you and, and be a minimalist? For me, um, I just thought in terms of what I wanted with my time. And if I wanted, if I wanted more things, I needed to sacrifice more time to kind of acquire those things. And that's something I didn't want to do. I wanted to focus more on doing things as opposed to owning things. And I'm, I'm kind of a weird person in this sense because I mean, I have people that are making fun of me all the time for, for kind of like how I want to live. Like I have a dream to live in a hotel for a little bit. Like I think that is very, that to me is very minimalist. You know, you can't really have a bunch of things if you want to move around. Um, I like to be mobile. I like to be able to go where I want to go for as long as I want to go. Um, and I like to not focus on, kind of possessions, I feel like after a while they start to weigh me down. Um, and I feel that, again, if I want more possessions, I got to buy them. I need more money. I need more work to do that. And that's just something I didn't want to kind of get into. And I realized, too, that a lot of the things I buy or I have bought, um, you're excited about them for a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. And then after a while, you kind of get over it. Um, and that money again taking money and converting it to time is like hey this is extra time i have to spend working you know to to kind of buy something that i want to buy and i just didn't want to get into that kind of cycle i feel like once i detach myself from or uh attach detach myself from a feeling for things um i was able to focus more on enjoying things that i actually do and not things that i own um and this kind of all stemmed from a trip i took back in 2012 uh, when I went to, I hiked Mount Kilimanjaro with a bunch of friends of mine. Oh, wow. And sustained myself for three weeks with just whatever was in my backpack. And I was like, and as soon as I got back from that, I had the time of my life, one of the best trips I've ever, ever taken. And I would strongly advise if you're considering doing that, go do it. It's an unbelievable trip. Um, but when I came back into my apartment, I just felt... I almost felt like overwhelmed with all the things that I had. And I started looking at things a little closer and I'm like, man, I don't use half of this stuff. And I just spent three weeks, three of the best weeks of my life with just what was on my back. And that kind of set in motion for me, this thought of kind of simplifying and, and, and minimizing what I needed to kind of be happy, what I needed to just sustain myself. Um, 
And that's kind of what all started it for me. So do you um, get rid of stuff? Like, like, do you do this, like, cleanse and get rid of stuff? Or, and, and then you debate about what you get rid of? Or do you have kind of like, like a uniform every day? Or, hey, I, you know like, what's I have one kind of <laughs> shoe, pair of shoes. Like, I'm really, I'm, I'm fascinated, you know, by this. Like, I want to do more stuff, but as opposed yeah. to, like, get, but sometimes also doing stuff involves, like, maybe I need to get stuff. Like, you mentioned, you know, Kilimanjaro. Yeah. I'm like, I haven't been able to get to Kilimanjaro. But I really want to go do this um, this Jesse Itzler thing in Vermont. I don't know if you follow okay. the guy. Where yeah. it, it's like basically you rented a mountain in Vermont and you have to climb it up and down like, I don't know, it's like 30 times. So it equals the, the distance that you would do if you went to Kilimanjaro and climbed it. Oh, okay. you know? cool. And I'm yeah. like, well, I can do that because I don't have time to go to Kilimanjaro right now. It's a bucket list yeah. thing. But okay well that's like four thousand dollars to go to vermont and do his thing but like the crowd sound like the the group of professionals that, that go and do it like but what do i need to even climb that do i need new shoes yeah. for that well then that's not minimalist yeah. so i find this stuff right. fascinating yet hilarious like should i just go yeah. sell my watches right now <laughs> i'm in the process of doing that right now i want to do that right now so i i, I do these challenges on on uh my Instagram handle, Simple Man Guide, and the May one is get rid of one thing a day. One thing every day, get rid of. And I'm collecting things and I'm viewing everything that I own, which is not much at all. And I'm taking things and I'm putting them aside and I'm putting them in a bag that they're either going to get sold or they're going to get donated. And at the end of the month, I'll take everything that I've snapped a picture of and put it in my story for that day. I'm going to take it all and get rid of it. So that'll, that'll lower my things that I own by 30. It's not much, but I don't have much to start with. Um, but it, it's, it helps me. It helps me kind of keep myself in check. I have certain guidelines that I go by. Like I won't, I won't buy something without getting rid of something else. Just keep my overall possessions kind of in check. Um, I don't have a sneaker collection. Uh, I have a couple pairs of pants that I wear the most. I have probably the most workout gear because I'm, I work out, I mean, I work out probably four or five times a week. So I have a bunch of workout gear that I need. But other than that, my clothes are pretty minimal. Like I said, I have a couple pair. I have two pairs of blue lemon pants that I wear almost exclusively that I absolutely love. Uh, I have a few button downs. I have some long sleeve shirts. Um, but I try to keep it very basic with what I wear. I, I, I don't, I never had like a, I guess I did have a little bit of a clothes fascination when I was working in corporate America. I used to like buying suits and nice shirts and nice ties and nice watches, but that was part of that double life that I'd mentioned. It was like, man, I didn't really feel comfortable with any of that stuff after a while. And as soon as I got home, I would tear it all off anyway. Yeah. Um, so once I left that world, it was like, man, I am cleansing myself of all of this stuff. Um, and that really helped me pare down. But yeah, just creating that emotional detachment from things has really helped me. And it was interesting. I read, um, I, I started having these thoughts and then, so I started looking at books to read and websites that are blogs to follow. And I came across the book, uh, called everything that remains. And these guys have an Instagram handle called the minimalist. And they, mm -hmm. I read that and I was like, Holy hell, this is like exactly <laughs> the path I'm on. And it was just mainly thinking about, um, people and, and, and experiences as opposed to owning more things. They, their, their concept is like owning more things almost kind of creates your own little prison cell for you, you know, like your, your possessions own you after a while. And I wanted to detach myself. Yeah. And you end up with too many choices also. Like too many choices, like shit, you open up and like, okay, how do I even decide at this point, at this point, you know? And then it's, it's, how do I decide yeah. what to keep? What do I get rid of? What do I do? You know, I'm supposed to look. Like my closet choices are very, when I open my closet up, it's very simple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grabbing this pair of pants. I'm grabbing one of these shirts and everything matches with everything else. Uh, I don't have, I try to keep, I try to keep away from having like one piece of clothing that serves one purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm, but I'm, but again, I'm a, I'm a weirdo as my brother will always tell me. <laughs> so I've accepted that. And well, I know that I'm probably a little extreme, extreme in that sense for a lot of people, but I'm okay with it. I've, you know, I've, but there's a community I've of weirdos. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, you know, there's a community of weirdos and, and, you know, and the, and you, and you find the, your right tribe, right? Your right community, you know, where, where you fit it, where you fit in, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think as again, now, I mean, we get involved with so many 
the ancillary things, whether you're through the kids or through business and through, you know, I always feel like, okay, there's like a fitness life and then there's kind of like a little bit of this corporate life and then there's the, the school families, you know, and then the after school sports things. And it's like, where the fuck do I actually want to be? You know, like, <laughs> right, and, right. or, or, or yeah. where, do I, where do I know these people from and does it matter? Do I actually want it? To, like, yeah. and I keep going back to like, you may have, you know, ditched and tossed, you know, clothes and got down on minerals. I keep looking at, at kind of even simplicity and, and in the minimalism side of things saying, okay, like, where's this? I just write down like a name or two. Like, okay, I genuinely kind of feel comfortable around this person, you know, or that person. Yeah. Like, here's the list yeah. of like people like I'm kind of okay with, you know? And, and yeah. here are these other places or other things that like, I'm just kind of not really feeling that or uncomfortable about that. Or, you know, like it may be another group of 45 year olds, but they ain't like me, you know, like, or I'm yeah. not like them. So and that's me- okay. I was reading something too. There was a, there was a great um, Ted talk that I read uh, from a guy that did, um, he was the director of an experiment that Harvard ran over like 75 years. And it was talking about what has made people happy. Like what, what is the best indicator or what is the, What is going to keep you happy over the, over the, um, over your lifetime? And it was, he found that it was it was relationships and your your interactions with others and one of the things that mentioned and that stuck out to me in that article or his talk was when you're younger it's kind of the quantity of relationships that you have that kind of matters to you and as you get older mm-hmm. it's with a certain few that you are end up being very tight with and those are the relationships that really provide that happiness and sense of belonging that helps people um maintain that happiness as they get older absolutely true i would i would agree with that a a thousand thousand percent you know you come in contact with a lot of different people through a variety of 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 things that you you may be involved in again as we talked about whether it's family whether it's sports whether it's it's business whether it's anything but you know when you really drill drill down on it you know who do you want to spend your time with and you said the value yeah. of time is it as at the core and the, and the forefront of of what you're what you're working on and and what's valuable so really really super super stuff um Stoked to get the chance to talk to you and, and kind of meet you this way. Definitely look forward to, to throwing down in, in New York um, or if you're ever yeah. out, out this way. I appreciate you doing it, um, being, on, being on the show. Guys out there, if you like what, you, what you've heard, or then give us, give us a good review on, on there. Keep spreading it around uh, to friends and everybody else. Check out Simple Man Guide. It's it's the Simple Man Guide, not the Simple Man Guide, right? Simple Man Guide, correct? On yep. on Instagram, on website. Um, certainly looking forward to kind of the reincarnation of Throwback Fit. And Brian, thank you so much for for giving me so much of your time today. I learned a lot. I really appreciate it, and uh, and look forward to staying in, in touch, my friend. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, when you're ever in New York, hit me up. Let's get a workout in for sure. Definitely, and I will, and I will keep following. And uh, now I got to go, go find thirty things to put in a bag. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, my man. The Greg Scheinman Podcast was presented by Inns Group Insurance. Inns Group is ensuring success. For more information, visit innsgroup.net.